0: Sin. I was sat in my office with a blank page before me. Blank because I didn't know where to start. Well, where would you start if talking about sin? You see, sin is not a popular word. And I would even say sin has been watered down so much that it has no impact upon people today. Sadly, I would say it's the same within the church. As little is done when somebody in a congregation falls from grace. It is often swept under the table rather than dealt with. It's a secret between the minister and a select few. Hiding up the church's embarrassment. In Jesus' time, or in fact 200 years before Jesus, the Pharisees in particular enjoyed making laws that no one could keep ensuring that no one was good enough, therefore creating a distance between humankind and God, which was far from God's intentions. In Genesis, we read of God conversing with Adam, and then Eve, and then both. But this sadly stops after eating the forbidden fruit, and we go from first-person conversation to third-person narration. It wasn't the fruit that caused the offense. The fruit was not bad. But what was bad was that Adam and Eve believed that it would not harm them and disobeyed God. That first bite, no doubt, was sweet, became bittersweet as the flesh was eaten. Human flesh was now separated from God. In the passage that Steve read to us, Tom Wright makes this clean and unclean passage clear. What we eat does not make us bad, though if bad it would make us ill. However, Jews were not to eat unclean food. And some of the most famous martyrs in Jesus' world were Jewish people, who were tortured and killed for refusing to eat pork. So this was no laughing matter. And Jesus had grasped something, a deep truth about the way humans is or are. I struggled with which which word to use here, and even the computer didn't know whether it was is or are. So for his kingdom message, Jesus must find a different way of saying things, a totally new and cryptic way. No one wants to hear bad news about themselves. That's why he spoke in parables, for it was the only way he could get and challenge the Pharisees and the scribes. Imagine trying to tell someone that they're going about things the wrong way, that its heroes fought and died for the wrong cause you would be careful how you do it. How do you go about telling Putin his actions are wrong? It would seem we do not but sanction anything or anyone from Russia. There is a right and wrong way of doing things. Yes, the Pharisees need to be answered, and Jesus had to say something. And so he did in a parable expecting his disciples to understand the point. But sadly, they were slow on the uptake. And Jesus must explain its meaning when back in the house. Just like he did in the parable of the sower in Mark 4, as we heard from Roy a few weeks ago. So Jesus explains, this is not about physical things that come out of people. They like food that enters are unrelated and unconnected to that act of purity. So if you eat kangaroo, crocodile or pig, or cow, that's okay. It's what comes out of the heart that matters. Now I know that the heart pumps blood around our bodies and not motivations, but we still use the human heart. where our motives and actions come from. So when Jesus says that food does not matter and the heart does, we take it that he means externals, physical things. They don't matter. But what matters are the internal, spiritual things. But what Jesus is not saying here is that external and physical things are irrelevant or bad. And that spiritual things are good. He's not saying that if we get in touch with our deepest inner feelings, or what our heart is telling us, will we find happiness and fulfillment? No, he is saying that good and bad external and physical actions come from internal and spiritual sources, that are poisoned wells of Human motivation are the real problem to which the purity laws are pointing. Neither can we isolate a part of our human makeup and blame it for evil. Also by getting in touch with our inner emotions can we assume will sort us out. Because our feelings might steer towards murder, adultery, anger, and the list continues. Just because they are in the heart it does not mean that they can be endorsed Now it means we have a problem and that problem runs through us like the words on a piece of Blackpool rock we can all visualize a bad apple and we use the term rotten to the core which reminds me what is worse than finding a maggot in an apple finding half a maggot this is the year of the 60s. Last weekend, I was away with some old school friends on the Isle of Wight. In fact, I had not seen one for 44 years. And we remembered our cycling holiday when we were 16. But a few weeks ago, Liz and I attended another school friend's party in Gillingham. In doing so, it created another memory from the past. I cycled out to West Grimstead to see Dave. Lunch was food and fruit from the garden. Now my fresh fruit salad had not been washed, and I could see insects crawling around my strawberries, raspberries and blackberries. So I covered it with cream and politely ate them. Did it make me bad? No, just guilty. (laughs) Imagine there was a crack in this building. It does not just mean we've got some damaged brickwork, it means the whole building is faulty. I remember the day I discovered that this church was not earthed. It had been open for 20 years and somehow it got missed and for the first time the doors were shut for 36 hours before it was sorted. So keeping physical Purity laws might only cover the cracks, and getting in touch with our inner feelings will do the same. You see, if there is evil, it affects everything. And that is what purity and impurity is all about. Only on Wednesday did we wake up to hear of another shooting in America. Hours before this tragedy, the shooter texted someone and said, I've got a little secret to tell you. And he posted a photograph of him armed with several semi-automatic guns. As Rico said, we all have a heart problem. And that problem is sin. Sin, as we know, separates us from God. Adultery is now a bit on the side. A lie is a white lie. Stealing is acceptable. And only murder... Is seen as sin in its entirety. I grew up in a terraced house where there was a lower fence wall, pretty close to the back door. This was known as the gossip fence. Anybody remember those? And this is where people would speak to their neighbours about their neighbours or so-called friends. Gossiping was acceptable, and as We often think it harms no one, but it does. It character assassinates someone. It is not harmless fun. Remember the first time you spoke about someone behind your back, and you felt like you'd been stabbed in the arm, you felt guilty. And the next time it was like a pinch, and the next time it was like a pinprick. That is what sin does. As each time, its significance becomes less and less, and you feel less guilty. In fact, I would go as far as to say that people only see sin for what it is when they get caught. Ask Boris that question. Man calls it an accident. God calls it an abomination. Man calls it a blunder. God calls it a blindness. Man calls it a defect. God calls it a disease. Man calls it chance. God calls it choice. Man calls it an error. God calls it enmity. Man calls it fascination. God calls it fatality. Man calls it an infirmity. God calls it an iniquity. Man calls it luxury. God calls it leprosy. Man calls it liberty. God calls it lawlessness. Man calls it a trifle. God calls it a tragedy. Man calls it a mistake. God calls it madness. Man calls it weakness. God calls it willfulness. Thirty years ago, my father-in-law at the time would not change a puncture on a Sunday, for that would seem like work. And yet, strangely, he would feed his pigs, which was work. And very few of us would do anything like that today. And to be honest, most of us will buy food and drink on a Sunday without a question. Today if we had the power to heal someone, be it on a Saturday or Sunday, we would not question it. However today, as we know Mark did recently, we all need a heart checkup. Let's be honest here. We all know if our actions or our motives are right or wrong. We know if what we say about someone is right when mostly it is wrong. The question here is, what are we saying? Sorry, the question is, what we say, is it uplifting or is it putting someone down? Are our motives pure? Or are they after selfish gain? Does it benefit us rather than bless them? Sin is a small three-letter word. But its ramifications can be disastrous. Why? Because it has an I in the middle. And if it's anything I want, I must ask myself, is my motive for self-gain or to bless others? What then is sin? Anything that gets in the way between you, me, and God. Take a moment to consider, have you any unconfessed sin that you need to bring before God? Take a moment to consider that.